Welcome to the IEEE Quantum Podcast Series, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. This podcast series informs on the landscape of the quantum ecosystem and highlights projects and activities on quantum technology. This episode features Hazi Muller, Professor of Computer Science at the University of Victoria, Canada, who provides insights on quantum challenges and opportunities, technology leaders, and developmental milestones, the hybrid computing landscape, the importance of education, and more. Pausing. Thank you for taking some time to contribute to the IEEE Quantum Podcast Series. To begin, can you provide a general landscape overview of quantum computing as you see it today? Well, quantum computing is really an emerging field that can revolutionize our ability to solve problems and enable breakthroughs in many different areas, including optimization, machine learning, chemistry, drug design, you name it. Uh, it's really uh, a general purpose tool, if you like. Uh, researchers in academia and industry are making great strides toward quantum advantage, where you can really demonstrate uh, advantage over classical computers. Uh, it has matured a lot in, in recent years. One of the key challenges for everybody is understanding quantum computing problem solving. That is really hard because uh, it's really different. Um, quantum uh, algorithms cannot be programmed in the same way as classical algorithms. But quantum computing is not new. So even uh, though we only had uh, real quantum computers uh, for a decade or so, quantum computing has been around for at least 30 years and physicists, they would say 100 years. Just like classical computing, quantum computing applies really everywhere. Uh, all disciplines and will have broad impact. Uh, there are sort of two main strands of applications where quantum computers can eventually outperform classical computers significantly. We are not quite there yet, but uh, it will come. Um, quantum computers may speed up solutions to problems that uh, we implement on classical uh, and algorithms that we implement on classical machines. Uh, like uh, simulation or cryptography, um, pattern matching, machine learning. That's uh, one side. The other side is quantum computers uh, really help in simulating nature, simulating particles, uh, simulating um, uh, molecules, and simulating materials. And there, uh, a lot of people believe that this is uh, the killer application for quantum computing. Uh, this all started uh, when um, Richard Feynman, um, in 1982, challenged the physics community with his very famous uh, quote, nature isn't classical, and if you want to make a simulation of nature, you'd better make it quantum mechanical, and by golly, it's a wonderful problem, because it doesn't look so easy. And that's really what attracted me to quantum computing. Um, uh, it's really exciting, it's different, um, I've done classical computing for 50 years, and uh, this is a completely new thing. And now we are really at an inflection point. Uh, researchers and professionals have access to 50-plus qubit universal quantum computers through quantum as a service. That means everybody can get access um, to a quantum computer and actually program it. And uh, this is now called the noisy intermediate-scale quantum uh, or NISC uh, technology area. Um, this term was coined by John Breskill, a very famous quantum scientist at Caltech. 
and um, he argues uh, convincingly that NIST computers can now really be used for uh, starting the serious applications, but also for training everybody um, to, to learn how to program quantum computers and how to use quantum computers. So um, NISC applications uh, um, are really important for gaining experience with quantum algorithms and training the future workforce. I would like to make a pitch for this uh, great book that was published in 2019, Quantum Computing Progress and Prospects. Uh, it's a consensus study by the U.S. Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. And uh, they state that research and development into practical commercial applications of NISC computers is an issue of immediate urgency. I fully agree with that. And the results of this work will have profound impact on the quantum field. So everybody needs to get started with that. Uh, and uh, this book, uh, even if it's a little bit conservative, it uh, provides a great overview of the entire field. So how is IEEE Quantum engaging the quantum community at large? Well, a couple of years ago, IEEE Future Directions Quantum Initiative was started. We are now in its uh, second year. And uh, I'm one of the co-chairs. We have four co-chairs and uh, uh, a manager from IEEE, a staff person. Uh, so over the past years, the Quantum Initiative has engaged many uh, different stakeholders in uh, industry and in academia, in the international communities of quantum science and engineering. And we are very happy with the response. Uh, it's quite exciting for us. IEEE really is in a unique position to reach stakeholders in this highly interdisciplinary uh, realm because uh, it's broad multidisciplinary engineering focus, so they chive well. Um, uh, quantum computing spans many different uh, IEEE organizational units or societies, and um, that's quite challenging. And uh, Quantum Initiative is working hard in including everybody, and uh, it's going well. So against this backdrop, the Quantum Initiative is making unique and important contributions um, to support uh, quantum uh, research and development. While we as such don't do research and development, we try to support it everywhere and try to uh, make sure that the communities talk to each other. That is uh, one of the key ideas. And also, IEEE is deeply involved in standards, and standards and industry engagement is really critical for the future of quantum. The Quantum Initiative has started several working groups uh, right from the beginning of uh, the initiative, and also is engaging with industry and with consortia such as the Quantum Economic Development Consortium. The most um, ambitious endeavor so far is the inaugural IEEE International Conference on Quantum Computing and Engineering, or Quantum Week for short. Um, this will happen in October, uh, so we are quite far along in the planning uh, of this conference. We have recruited nine outstanding, really world-class pioneers and leaders as keynote speakers. Michelle Simmons uh, from Australia. She's the 2018 Australian of the Year a scientist, um, world-class scientist, amazing. 
Jerry Chow, who is a lead scientist at IBM Research, and Matsuria from Intel Labs, lead scientist at Intel. Uh, Alan Asbury-Guzik is uh, Canada 150 Research Chair, University of Toronto. Krista Swo is the head of Microsoft Quantum Research. Patty Lee is key researcher at Honeywell Quantum Solutions. And Kanemoto is at the National Institute for Informatics in Japan. And Jake Taylor is at the Office of Science and Technology Policy. Um, and Alexander Condello is at D-Wave Systems in Vancouver. Um, the week-long tutorials program uh, is a great opportunity to engage in quantum computing. It uh, has 15 tutorials, um, uh, 70 hours uh, of materials, squarely aimed at workforce development. Uh, so if you are new to quantum, this is a perfect way of entering the quantum community uh, or to groom quantum champions, if you like, in academia and in industry and government. Uh, throughout the weeks, I have 20 uh, workshops that provide unique opportunities to share and discuss quantum ideas, research agendas, roadmaps, applications, and so on. IEEE Quantum Week is co-sponsored by Computer Society, Communication Society, Council on Superconductivity, uh, Future Directions Quantum Initiative, the Photonic Society, the Technology and Engineering Management Society, and the Electronic Packages Society. So that gives you an idea how um, broad the spectrum of quantum is. Um, and it's really challenging to get all these societies under one umbrella, if you like. Hazi, what's the impact of COVID-19 on the activities of the Quantum Initiative? COVID-19, of course, has caused unprecedented disruptions. Um, but uh, the digital technologies have really captured our imaginations in all walks of life. And they, that is uh, the same for IEEE Quantum Week and all other IEEE conferences, for that matter. In just a couple of months, uh, the conference sector really transformed itself from in-person events to online virtual events. And that, that is quite an achievement. And so we expect that IEEE Quantum Week will be virtual and online. And there is a huge opportunity here uh, for IEEE um, to transform itself to a certain extent. The trans transformation really benefits uh, equity, diversity, inclusiv inclusivity, um, and uh, these benefits are readily apparent uh, besides scalability, accessibility, and sustainability. Um, so online events enable people to attend while providing opportunities to those that are typically left out due to travel restrictions, visa problems, disabilities, illnesses, or limited resources. Um, that way, um, IEEE has great opportunity to create inclusive, diverse, scalable, and sustainable environment. By reaching a larger and more diverse audience, um, we can sustain IEEE Quantum Week and other quantum initiative activities, uh, hopefully for many years to come. And what are some of the challenges and opportunities facing quantum computing? The opportunity most businesses probably uh, uh, would leap at the chance to go back in time, if you like, to capitalize on uh, yesterday's game-changing technologies such as uh, the Internet uh, or the World Wide Web 
or simply in the late 50s, early 60s, when uh, digital computers came uh, into use, if you like. Um, if you recognize a really game-changing event like that, um, that is a huge business opportunity. We are now at the commercialization tipping point of quantum computing, and uh, uh, given the investments around the world, basically every country has recognized that this uh, is uh, a game-changing event, and um, everybody is getting involved. So quantum computing has the potential to reinvent, reinvent certain aspects of business, science, engineering, education, and government. Quantum has been around for many years, but uh, the fact that we now have quantum computers and software that run on them, that is really the game-changing event. Um, even though the details are hard to predict, the next five to 10 years um, present huge opportunities for scientists and engineers, but also for startup companies. Uh, there are only about 130 startup companies out there. Um, so, Many people have uh, moved into this uh, game, and it's very exciting. And figuring out how to engage in quantum computing, uh, that's basically everybody's business, whether you're a scientist, an engineer, a company, IT, um, a person, a CIO. Um, uh, in a company, you have to figure out how quantum computing affects you somehow. Demonstrating quantum advantage, that is the, the goal everybody is trying to achieve. And educating and training the workforce, uh, those are big challenges. And how to actually recruit quantum champions uh, who can then convince uh, the company to go in a certain direction to take advantage of this new technology. Um, that's uh, one of the most difficult uh, challenges right now. And the goal is simply to become quantum ready and to achieve quantum advantage uh, over the next uh, three to five years. There's been some buzz around hybrid computing. Can you explain this space and its potential benefits? Hybrid computing, that will actually be the norm in the future. Hybrid computing is... Uh, where you integrate um, classical and quantum computing. Quantum computing um, uh, will not uh, stand by itself, really. Uh, you will always have uh, classical computers interact with quantum computers to a certain extent. But let me explain that uh, a little bit. So we have all these companies from IBM, D-Wave, Microsoft, Google, Fujitsu, Getty, Canada, and lots of startup companies, uh, they have engineers quantum computers and develop quantum uh, development kits. But uh, the, uh, as we talked about earlier, we are in the NISC area, so the quantum computers are small, 50 to 150 qubits uh, over the next uh, year or two. And so, you can only uh, work on certain problems with these quantum computers. So you have to break down the problem into sub-problems, and uh, the breaking down of the problem is done on the classical side, and then when you have a nice chunk that you can run on a 
QPU or quantum processing unit. You ship that over to the quantum computer, the results come back, and then you ship over the next chunk, and at the end, you assemble the solution basically on the classical side. So for many applications, chemistry in particular, simulating um, molecules in particular, uh, that's exactly how it's done. But um, companies like uh, OneCubit or Xanadu, uh, IBM and others, they're working very hard on um, hybrid solutions like that, hybrid algorithms. The combination uh, of these efforts has created really significant opportunities and uh, opens up uh, the field for for everybody, um, for um, uh, supercomputing sectors, um, they recognize that you have to integrate uh, quantum computing uh, resources in their space so that uh, on the one hand, you can do a lot with supercomputing, particularly when you have a lot of data, but then for really tight CPU intensive uh, um, uh, pieces of an application, you can farm that out to the quantum computer or quantum processing unit, QPU. Fuzzy, how important is education when it comes to quantum computing? Yeah, so um, quantum computing, as we mentioned earlier, is really different. Uh, you can't just uh, take a, a classical algorithm, if you like, that was written for a classical computer and just readily uh, uh, move that to a quantum computer. The, the thinking is really different, uh, problem solving is different, so um, we have to train the workforce. So it's the increasing computational power of quantum computers and the proliferation of quantum development kits, the demand for a skilled workforce in quantum computing increases significantly right now. Um, the field of quantum computing has matured and can now be explored by students from high schoolers to undergraduate students to graduate students, but also the existing workforce out there right now. And, um, and that is possible because uh, quantum computers are readily available and programmable over the internet in the cloud and for everybody. And uh, that's a great opportunity. Quantum education is just ramping up in the quantum information science spaces. We, we had uh, university courses for 20 years, but uh, actual quantum programming is, is just uh, ramping up um, and in lots and lots of different levels. And that's very exciting. What resources are available for individuals wanting to learn more about quantum technologies? Well, the key message here is uh, that you can sign up sign on to a quantum um, platform if you like or a quantum hub today and uh, write the quantum program and execute this program on a quantum computer tonight it's that quick so the easiest way to do it is uh, through industrial hubs by ibm quantum uh, microsoft quantum google quantum dwave leap rigetti uh, QDK or Xanadu Strawberry Fields uh, is probably the easiest way to sign up. And uh, they all provide quantum services right now and uh, free and over the internet. Uh, there are great tutorials um, online 
um, uh, one favorite is programming quantum computers with Abe Asmar from IBM Quantum. He has many as a whole channel of tutorials um, and uh, a book that it goes with it. So um, it's easy to learn uh, using that, those tutorials and very entertaining. Uh, the IEEE Quantum Week has scheduled 16 tutorials, as mentioned earlier, 72 hours worth of intro programming to advanced uh, uh, tutorials, and as well as uh, workshops. One workshop we have is for high schoolers, actually, at Quantum Week, and the title is From Qubits to Quantum Teleportation. That uh, should uh, generate some interest. It's simply a hands-on experience for high schoolers as well as um, teachers of uh, high school teachers or anybody who wants to um, teach at that level. Organized by Honeywell Quantum Solutions and University of Victoria. So, so everybody is working on uh, curricula uh, to extend the curricula at universities to add courses, to add programs, um, but uh, industry is actually leading quantum education, which is really great. Ozzy, thank you for your insights today. Is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation? If I can make a call to action is simply engage in quantum computing now, not two years, three years from now, do it right now. Right now is the great engaged in quantum computing and to sort of grow with it, opportunity to getting. And um, the big goal for companies is to become quantum ready within a year or two. Many are already quantum ready, but still many more companies need to get involved in this game and to achieve quantum advantage when we have uh, bigger quantum computers, say five years from now. And uh, that takes uh, serious planning to do that, but uh, let's do that right now. And maybe finally, um, ask yourself, how are you going to engage in quantum computing and your local quantum ecosystems? Uh, almost anywhere, there's a local ecosystem of quantum enthusiasts. And how are you going to do that for your personal career and for your company? Finally, um, uh, I would like to pitch uh, Quantum Week. Um, I'm general chair of IEEE Quantum Week, and uh, we have an amazing uh, uh, array of uh, content in Quantum Week, and check it out at quantum.ieee.org uh, or qce.quantum.ieee.org. Um, um, we have a, a huge program, and hopefully you all can uh, attend Quantum Week in October. Thank you, and stay safe. Thank you for listening to our interview with Hazi Mueller. Learn more about the IEEE Quantum Initiative by visiting our web portal at quantum.ieee.org.